Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Gobo. <laughs> you wish. I wish. I do wish. You're That's red Gobo. and you know it. <laughs> no! <laughs> and our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Te territory within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmakulu. And today's text, Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock, was filmed at the Calgary Film Centre in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Sutina First Nation, and the Stony Nakoda peoples. This land is also known as Treaty 7 Territory. Joe? Mm-hmm? I'm so happy that Fraggle Rock exists. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I saw this, I definitely knew that you would be excited for it. Folks, I'll confess right off the top, I don't really have a strong relationship to Fraggle Rock, so this is going to be a Brenna-dominated minisode. <laughs> it's okay, that's everybody's favorite anyway, Joe. This is true. I'm just the person who does the intro. We all know that. And literally all the work. Yeah, I was really excited to see this. So for those who don't know anything about Fraggle Rock. Mm -hmm. Fraggle Rock is a, it's a Jim Henson property that is mm -hmm. separate from the world of the Muppets and separate from the world of Sesame Street and yes. separate from his more adult themed works like Labyrinth or any of those sort of darker series. Mm -hmm. It's really its own little thing. It's a pretty beloved series, I think at least in part because, you know, many biographers and critics have commented that Fraggle Rock is the most Jim Henson of Jim Henson's projects, that he okay. devoted the most of himself to it. And he oh. really kind of, his daughter has talked about how like Fraggle Rock expresses a, a particular kind of innocence, an innocent kind of view of the world, but also a sense that like, you can talk about the dark things in life, but you can wrap them up in love is like a quote from Lisa Henson. And, and I think hmm. that that's really why Fraggle Rock. It was never as huge as the Muppets or Sesame Street, obviously. No. Yeah. But the people who love it, love it a lot. <laughs> and so I think there was a lot of tension about this release coming out. Mm -hmm. There have been some animated series which have been fine, but very much for kids, not the same right. kind of kind of magic of the original series. And there was a series of mini-sodes that came out during the early days of the pandemic, I think a little bit as a test to see if people still wanted these characters in their lives. Oh, okay. They were kind of fun. They were really short. Hmm. And they literally had the the Fraggles being in social isolation. Oh, okay. 
the Doozers had invented a technology that was basically a Zoom call, and the Freckles were all doing <laughs> these Zoom calls to, like, connect with each other. Right. And it was a way of explaining to kids why they are apart, right? Oh, uh, okay. And from that perspective, it was it was effective, but it wasn't the same kind of, like, opulent visual experience that I think Fraggle Rock is really supposed to be. So this right. reboot, particularly with the total commitment to one of the producers calls it the magic of mechanics like everything is practical here mm -hmm. and the sets were real and like the sets are built and you can see some documentary footage of like how huge they are in real yeah, life they look enormous they are they are enormous and they're you know really involved and all of the doozers little tools are like incredibly detailed so all of that like mechanical practical textural stuff mm -hmm. is i think the centerpiece of the series and and a real return to that original thing in the 80s that felt so magical for so many people right okay so it's worth noting a couple of things because i think the land acknowledgement cues us that this is a canadian enterprise it is, and so was the original. The original Fraggle Rock was filmed in Toronto, and one of the coolest things about it, I think, is that B.P. Nickel, who listeners probably don't know that name unless they did a doctrine in Canadian literature, but B.P. Nickel <laughs> oh, was an... okay, but... Um... No, no, I just mean, like, obscure reference, but right. here's where I'm going. B.P. Nickel is an avant-garde poet oh. who was very prolific and okay. did a lot of, like, just really cool things with concrete poetry and like imagery and stuff anyway bp nickel was one of the show's writers oh. as was dennis lee a poet of alligator pie fame which you know it's probably been a long time since you've heard that poem joe i hear it mm -hmm. a lot um <laughs> and uh, and dennis lee wrote a lot of the music too and so there's like this sort of um absurdity and also kind of like artistic freedom like baked into the dna of the series and it's also like really can con at its core <laughs> in a way that people yeah. don't always recognize yeah because there's definitely an educational vibe but what what interested me is when you were initially introducing this as you said and those other things were very much aimed at kids mm -hmm. because i don't have the experience with this i know of the fraggles i know of the doozers i don't know what the Groog things are... Um, Gorgs. Gorgs, Jeff. Gorgs. There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Clearly don't know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what to expect, and I didn't know whether this was being pitched at little kids. Like, I didn't know if this was for your little guy or if mm -hmm. it was something that I would be able to get enjoyment out of. And it was interesting because I ended up falling somewhere in between. Like, some of these episodes are very childish. Like, let's mm -hmm. learn an important lesson, like a very special episode. But then others are so slyly intelligent that I thought, <laughs> I don't even know if children would understand what's going on right now. You know, the original series um, had a real kind of interest in philosophy and, like, giving kids different ways of viewing the world. I still remember an episode that was, like, I don't have the episode list for the original series in front of me, but I very clearly remember an episode that was, it was about atheism. It was, like, about whether oh. or not people believe in God. <laughs> Signs that it's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you will never get that on American television for children. No, no. No, but it, I think it really did pride itself on introducing kids to big ideas, not shying away from big ideas, but still mm -hmm. being pleasurable for kids to watch. 
Right. This was a fun episode for me to prep because this is the first thing that Groot has made it all the way through. So as we uh, all know, Jingle Jangle, bit too scary. Right. And uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion, bit too scary. Mm -hmm. But this we could watch entirely together. And we were definitely having different experiences. Right. Joe reached out and let me know, you know, what episodes he was watching. And we talked a little bit about this very... It was a very kid-ish episode. It's called Red and the Big Jump. It's the second episode right after the pilot. Mm -hmm. And it's about Red who wants to do this giant dive and she wants to push all her friends to do it too. And Wembley, who is always more timid, more anxious, uh, Wembley doesn't want to. And it was really interesting because for my guy, that was like a really good lesson. Like he looked at me afterwards and he was like, you shouldn't push friends to do things they don't want to do. And I was like, that's right. Which is perfection, right? It's exactly (laughs) like, yes, fantastic little guy. You (laughs) understood the lesson. This was obviously well done. Whereas me, an adult watching it was like, I am so bored. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting because it's like the episode immediately after it, I texted Joe and I was like, Okay, whatever else you watch of the series, please make sure you watch episode three. Because Mm -hmm. I think episode three is the most classically original Fraggles. Uh, Okay. I've only watched the first half of the series because that is one problem of it being something that Groot wants to watch with me, is that his screen time per day Mm -hmm. is really limited. So (laughs) we only made it through the first half in time for the show today. So in the third episode, the Mergle Moon Migration, the idea is that one of the characters moki who feels this sort of she kind of she's a little bit new agey she's kind of spiritual spiritual. she goes with the wind yeah she has visions and dreams that she acknowledges or have importance and so on and so she decides to go her own way as they try to follow this Mergle moon migration instead of following the map and she ends up in a very literal echo chamber (laughs) because Mm -hmm. she only listens to her own ideas she doesn't take anything new on board and she gets trapped there folks it's an episode about fake news it's literally an episode about fake news but with the complication at the end that the new ideas that moki does bring to the table are actually of value and it's sort of about teasing out like what's the information that you should pursue and and what should you not and Mm -hmm. That, to me, was a classic Fraggle episode because that's a pretty high register lesson. (laughs) Whereas for my son, it was about if you have access to a map, you should use it. Like, that's a good idea, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so for me, that was an episode that really hit the vibe that I remember as a show that really grew up with me. Like, I could watch it at different ages. I mean, it's 83 when Fraggle Rock started. So like, that's the year I was born. So obviously, I didn't start watching it till after it was done. Mm -hmm. But as a show that I could watch at different ages and stages of life and gain something from. And I think that that's kind of a really important thing of all of what Henson does. And it's to be honest, something that's been missing from a lot of the more recent attempts to revive Henson properties. So I think that's why I was all the more grateful to see it working so well in many of these episodes. Yeah, yeah, because that was definitely something like, folks, if you didn't listen to our Muppets Haunted Mansion episode, that was one of our chief issues with that, is that it had the look and it had the budget, but it was missing a certain je ne sais quoi where you're you're just like, "Mm, 
Mm-hmm. We can see you trying and you're not quite getting there because you're privileging entertainment value and maybe even franchise potential as opposed to telling a legitimately good story in the way that Henson often intended with these projects. Yeah, I agree. There was that kind of magic sauce that makes these worlds places that you want to crawl into was really missing mm-hmm. from Muppet Haunted Mansion. It was fun to see those characters again, but it really felt kind of like nostalgic well and very like disney now owns us and even though this is (laughs) and even though fraggle rock is a show that's made by apple tv i've sampled quite a few of apple tv's offerings and what i feel like they're doing is they throw money at shows but they kind of leave them alone because they can be very hit and miss creatively but Mm -hmm. they always feel like they have a kind of genuine authorial voice and fraggle rock feels very much like This world is rich and vibrant, and we made sure to maximize the opulence that comes with it. But Mm. the storytelling feels very Jim Henson-y. Like, this has not been polluted or corrupted by a quote-unquote Apple overlord. Yeah, I felt that way too. I really felt like they were being allowed to tell some stories. It's interesting Red is played here by the original Red, and she's also acting as an executive producer on the show. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And there's a community of puppeteers working on the show, many of whom came up through various Henson projects. So it Mm -hmm. feels like this authentic connection back to that time. And I think, too, the commitment that was made to the visual world, which I know I keep coming back to, but like... It's so You got to check it out. You got to mm-hmm. check out at least the pilot, folks, just to see, like, you could touch everything. <laughs> yeah. And everything clearly has its own texture, right? Like, the rocks mm-hmm. are rocks and the fraggles are soft. And it's neat to see how they've played advances in technology to their mm-hmm. benefit. Like, the doozers can do things now that the doozers couldn't do before, right? When they were sort of like on little wires and you could see the wires moving. Now the doozers Mm -hmm. seem to have this almost magical quality about them. As someone who personally identifies as a doozer, I really appreciated the expansive doozer world in this reboot. (laughs) Brought his Jackie or watch like, oh, I should get back to work soon after this (laughs) podcast is finished. (laughs) It's so true. Um, I also think I want to know who the person is at Apple TV because Mm -hmm. I think we could be best friends because in addition to this reboot that they're funding, they have acquired exclusive streaming rights to all previous seasons of Fraggle Rock. And it is the first piece of non-original content added to Apple TV. So it's like, yeah, there's somebody there. Somebody there digs on this stuff hard, and I want to meet them and be friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that you are emphasizing the visual splendor of the show. We should probably talk about one or two other things before we wrap up, but that is the key selling point. Like, I have seen mm-hmm. this world. I remember it not from having watched the show, but from seeing stills and other things. But there is such a richness to the textures, and they're all so expressive. Like, this absolutely feels like a world that you could just jump through your screen and live in because it is really carefully detailed. And it's expansive. One of the things, there's a little teaser, like, documentary, tiny mini doc going around um, that Apple put out about the making of. And, you know, one of the things they say is, like, They've built all the same sets as the original so they can visit all those worlds again and then more. Mm. So it's just like a more expansive version of the original world. 
Yeah. The thing that I was really taken with is obviously there's a lot of environmentalism to it, right? Like there's the above ground, there's the world of the fraggles and mm-hmm, the dozers, mm-hmm. which is underground and more rocky, as you mentioned. But there's also a keen emphasis on water. Like water is a big part of every episode because they open up a yeah. passage in the first episode that allows them greater access to water and therefore they can build more and grow this world out. But It also means that we have puppets who are getting wet in every episode. And like, this isn't dunking your Barbie's hair into the water. These things look properly wet. And that is a really hard (laughs) effect to achieve. Like, I don't know how they weren't ruining the puppets with this, but they look great. Yeah, they really do. Um, There's all kinds of that textural stuff. Like in that, uh, I can't remember which episode it is, maybe episode four they accidentally, the doozers accidentally cut the internet line. Oh no! Adorable. And all this goo comes out of it, and it's sticky, and the doozers discover they can use it to adhere things in their world, but they're also like, the doozers get stuck together, and you see like this sticky stuff kind of pull apart, and and again, Mm. all practically done. Right. Really effective. But we should, you're right, Joe, we should talk about some of the updates to the series, because... Mm In many ways, it is doing what it always did, but they have done some updates. The most important one, I think, is the world of outer space has changed. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love the reference to outer space, aka the, the human world. world. <laughs> yes. So the Fraggles refer to everything the humans, where the humans live, as outer space, and they refer to the humans as the silly creatures, the silly creatures of outer space. Mm-hmm. And in the original series, this was one. Jim Henson genius moment is that he created the Fraggles to be a truly international series. So those um, outer space scenes were shot differently for different markets. So in Mm. the UK, that was uh, Lighthouse Keeper. And in North America, it was Doc, the inventor. Here we have Doc, the PhD student. And she's working on discovering a bacteria that will consume microplastics in the ocean. And she's been denied lab space by her university. There's a whole <laughs> thing in episode six about this her trying to... This is you liked to... it, isn't it? <laughs> Brenna, you were like, you were relating hardcore to this character, weren't you? There's a moment in episode six or seven where she has to give a colloquium talk to her professors to argue from her lab space, and she fails at it. She doesn't get the lab space, and I was just like, oh, sweetheart, Mm -hmm. I am with you. I feel that. Um, I feel it so hard. And so instead, she turns this old pool house into this space where she works on her research. And I really love that update. First of all, it gives us a central female character, a central woman of color, a Mm -hmm. young character. So typically the lighthouse keeper, Doc, these were older male characters. Now we have this young, vibrant figure. And she's so great. She's so good. (laughs) She's so expressive. Yeah, because I can't imagine how hard it would be to have to be the kind of I don't want to say like the not fun character on a show, but really like you're the lone human being in a world filled with puppets and you somehow still have to ground it and impart some of that realism. And I think she does this really, really well. I will say my favorite character is 100% that dog. Sprocket! (laughs) Sprocket is great. So expressive, but also just I love... I don't want to come back to the visual aesthetics, but I just love the textured look of his fur. It's so good. 
It's so good. And then they have a lot of magic together. She's very good at acting opposite Muppets. You know, as someone mm-hmm. who has, for the last 38 years, watched humans interact with Muppets, not everyone can do it. And she's really <laughs> I thought really you were going to make a joke that you interact with Muppets, and I was like, do not <laughs> refer to your child that way. That is rude. <laughs> but she's really good at it, right? It's uh, There's something about having to match that expressiveness without mm-hmm. turning yourself into a human Muppet, and she does a great yeah. job. Yeah, so she's, she's an actual nice human character. She's not a caricature. Yeah, yeah, she's a nice addition. And again, it reinforces this larger theme of environmentalism that runs through the show because that's what Mm -hmm. her research is. And she keeps coming back to that idea. That's an important update, I think. And otherwise, you know, the music is a little bit more modern, a little bit less folky, maybe, Mm -hmm. than the original version. So we've got these consummate Muppet performers, and then we've got these guest stars. David Diggs is fantastic. He's in a okay. number of episodes in the back half. Very funny. Singing all the time. Really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Ed Helms is present, which sounds oh, like a weird okay. fit, but works really well. And so, you know, I think they're trying to modernize and make sort of up-to-date references in the show. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that the commitment is to not losing the original magic of the original series. And frankly, I'm here for it. Loved it. Would watch yeah. again. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing people like Cynthia Revo and the Foo Fighters and yeah. SNL's Keenan Thompson. So this is a very odd <laughs> and eclectic guest list. So I'm always kind of fascinated when you see maybe Big Swing is too generous a word, but it feels like they've taken some care to also make it interesting for adults to watch or at least recognize some of these people. I think there's always an audience of folks who just really love Henson properties. And it's Mm -hmm. always why it's always you. Yeah. It's always no, but I mean, even in the celebrity (laughs) world, right? Like it doesn't matter how bad a Muppet project is. There'll probably be a giant name popping into it at some point like Mm -hmm. people just really want to be involved in these projects and i think what's interesting about fraggle rock is all of their identities are completely like masked like kids won't have any idea who these Mm -hmm. are and i missed ed helms voice like the first three times it came into the show so i think that they're kind of easter eggs for parents more than maybe stunt casting if that makes sense um but still a lot of fun yeah i mean i think at the end of the day this is not really a show for me. I didn't have the childhood exposure to it. So coming into it, I could appreciate it. But watching three episodes was kind of like, yeah, I get a sense of it. I like <laughs> I this. It. I don't like enough of it to continue going on. But I can absolutely see the appeal to anyone who grew up with this property or who has little ones like yours where it's such a great show at doing what it's doing. But also it's really exciting to look at. Yeah, definitely. If you have kids, it's for sure worth a watch. If you remember this property from your own childhood, it's for sure worth a watch. They've done a really good job of reminding you of what you love about the worlds that Jim Henson creates. And I think that that, you know, judging by what we've seen in some of the other modern adaptations, that alone is a huge achievement. Mm -hmm. One of my most beloved Christmas presents this year was I got the uh, visual encyclopedia of Fraggle Rock as a Aww. gift from my parents. And it's amazing how much of the original series is evoked in the physical world and these mechanical objects they've created. So, you know, that alone is a real treat. Oh, that's nice. 
Thanks for getting me these episodes, Joe. It was so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So folks, if you are interested in checking out Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock, it is rolling out on Apple TV as of Friday the 21st and I think weekly or maybe all at once. Who knows? It's Apple TV. They do things oddly. (laughs) They do whatever they want. (laughs) Yeah. But hopefully you enjoyed this mini-sode. We're going to be back on Tuesday with a little insurgent back to the world of YA dystopias Brenna you know sometimes Joe you giveth and sometimes you taketh away <laughs> uh, yeah folks we're, we're not gonna lie this is uh, a bit more of a venti complainy episode so if you're a huge divergent film franchise or book franchise reader it may <laughs> it may just not be your favorite episode but i think we had a lot of fun with it so yeah. there's that yeah, and then did. brenda uh what should people be reading for our band book club oh first band book club very excited to talk about catcher in the rye by jd salinger joe i am struggling with my reread so oh i'm really looking forward to unpacking it with you we've already mm-hmm. had some great responses so make sure if you're reading and you want to share your thoughts you get them into us hkhspod at gmail.com Hmm. yeah and if you want to get a hold of me i'm at b stole my remote and that's the letter b brenna what about you i'm at brenna c gray that's gray with an a and you can find us both at hkhs pod or on the hashtag hkhs pod see how we mixed it up there joe we keep it Ooh, fresh for the listeners so fresh so exciting <laughs> yeah yeah so folks uh reading some catcher in the rye reading and watching some insurgent Yeah, just read that whole book, Insurgent, by Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. You got this, folks. It's an easy, breezy read. Here, let us tell you how it goes. Somebody lies to somebody, and then it has disastrous effects, and then they just do it again for 500 pages. That's a preview also of our episode. I was going to say, now they've read the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we will leave it there, Joe. I think we've ruined our listening audience enough. And so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say that until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. Dance your cares away! We've got pretty famous guest stars. Um, All of their names are escaping me right now. Oh, I didn't get to an episode with any. Ah... I need more than one. I have one. Hang on. Hang on. Let me see if there's a cast list anywhere here. I know David Diggs is in it, and one of the guys from The Office, who's, I'm looking at his face, and I can't remember his stupid name. Mm-hmm.